Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I am your host, J.L. Covan. It is 11.22 a.m. on Sunday, January 15th in the year of our Lord, 2023. If this sounds a little stranger, it's because I'm on the couch with an ice pack on my shoulder, uh, various newspapers strewn about, Cookie Bear Covan sitting in the chair next to me, because I am on day two of recovery from shoulder surgery, part deux. That's French for I'm fucked. Um, so a few things. I just want to say this. Uh, I'll say my table of contents that I have in my head because I have no cheat sheet. But I wanted to talk about the movie Sophie's Choice. Um, I wanted to talk about my surgery. I wanted to talk about the future of my comedy career, etc. You know, the usual stuff. Um, my body is now matching my spirit in terms of brokenness. But uh, this has been, I basically, I told, if you've ever seen the video for one by Metallica, and if you've not seen it, I suggest you go watch it now. It's the companion piece to this podcast. I basically told the righteous girlfriend that if this shoulder surgery doesn't stick, that I either want to have my left arm amputated or to be killed. Um, so taking us back a few weeks, uh, basically here's, here's what happened for, for uh, like a decade. My left shoulder has been tweaky, but just, it didn't affect me getting yacked. It didn't affect me getting, buff. It didn't affect me really with anything except I couldn't sleep on my left side. No big deal. Um, I always consider it a power move to show my back to a lover after coitus anyway. So boom, get off me, rolling onto the right shoulder, power move. Everybody wins. My left shoulder feels good. My power move works. Anyway, so I sleep on the right shoulder and, um, that's it. That was really the only thing. And I had to like maybe do a little extra stretching at the gym. So that didn't, you know, what, what's the harm there? There's really no harm. And then this summer, uh, as often gets me in trouble, my temper, um, I was putting some stuff up, honestly putting some either Cuomo or Trump props high up in my closet. Um, and the shoulder was feeling a little tweaky. And instead what I like to do is I'm, I'm a real cut off my nose despite my face uh, type of person sometimes, most times, all the time, I felt the shoulder getting tweaked. And I just literally said to myself in the closet, I can't even fucking put something up in the closet without pain. Fuck that. And like, basically like Olympic power lifted, whatever the fuck I was throwing up in the closet high up. Well, that's when the shoulder said, Oh, you just turned a tweak into a twerk. Uh, because now your shoulder's fucked. And since this summer, putting on shirts and jackets has been very difficult. Reaching to turn off a light switch has been excruciatingly painful. So I said, okay, I got to get shoulder surgery. Well, I got to get it looked at, and I'm sure I tore something. So fortunately, it was not a labrum tear or a rotator cuff tear, which would be more involved. Although I got to, I honestly have to say, um, if I have another shoulder injury, I'm just going to concede that I'm going to have a bad shoulder till I die, whether that's uh, six hours or six decades from now. I guess, I guess I'm not going to have a good shoulder is what I've learned from this process. So on December 21st, 
in the year of our Lord, 2022, I go to have shoulder surgery. Now, my shoulder surgeon was the guy who did my knee, and the knee couldn't have been a better experience from beginning to end, other than having to have surgery, but I was very satisfied with my entire knee surgery experience. Um, and little did I know, I, I made the mistake of thinking a knee is bigger and like more, like I just thought, oh, oh, well, shoulder surgery can't be as bad as a knee surgery. Uh, I was wrong. Um, knee, knee is kind of like, yeah, you just got to be on a cane or a limp or keep it straight. And you watch can can't all day and you just keep your knee up. It's actually not that difficult. And I didn't even need rehab for my knee, physical therapy. I just did some exercises and at my own pace, just kind of get, regained flexibility and strength and walking. And then that was it. Um, the shoulder I feel like this might be a theme. Now, my comedy career will be over before, before my shoulder is fully repaired. Um, that's for sure. So the, this podcast, it may be like a series where you're like, but how does JL's shoulder end? We only got to October of 2023, and he had only made 19 claims of wanting to kill himself over his shoulder. But what happens at the end? Does he kill himself or does his shoulder get better? Now I'll never know. Boy, I hope Netflix picks this up and saves this series so I can see how it ends. Well, um... I go in for shoulder surgery and it's, uh, it's, I'm told that everything went according to plan. So I was like, okay, well, it hurts a lot, but okay. I got these oxys. I got this can tant. So I'm moving along. It's painful, but that's what I was told. I, everything seemed, but when we, when, then we reached a point about a week and a half later where I was like, I'm still kind of in pain and Tylenol ain't doing the trick. So can I get another oxy script? And he gave me one refill, and I said, just take me till I see you again. So I see him at 13 days, and I guess 13 days, unfortunately, was within that time frame of being able to say, uh, well, it could just be normal pain. You could just be healing a little slower from this or inflamed, so it's not yet time to be like, something's wrong. It might be you're on the outer end of the range of recovering. Like, okay. Okay, so for the next five days, I sit at home and I do nothing. I just rest my arm. And I'm like, well, doing nothing and watching Kent and is, uh, you know, seems to be working. But then I go do some shows with Jay Nog, the Nogger with a hard R, uh, my co-host of Making Podcasts Great Again. We go to uh, Long Island, and I think I already recapped those shows. And so that the act of standing on stage in a sling for one hour every, uh, for two nights in a row was apparently the camel that, that raped, uh, the, the straw that raped the camel's back. It didn't break the back. It, it was much more violent and humiliating. It was, it, was a full, it was a full rape of the camel's hump. And I was incapacitated Sunday. I had to pop the oxys again after like five days without and I just, but you know, I had to rest and I made an appointment with my doctor for Tuesday, which was 20. No, I'm sorry. I made my appointment with my doctor for Thursday, which was 22 days after the surgery. But then by about Wednesday, it was excruciating, the pain. Nothing was really like the oxy would help for a couple of hours, but it was just really, really bad. So I go to the doctor on Thursday and he runs me through some exercises, which seem to indicate that certain things are holding fine. And he says, well, the only thing I can think of is that the anchor came loose. That seems to be the only thing. Well, 
he says, we'll take an x-ray. We'll see this real quick. Takes an x-ray. Guess what, guys? The anchor came loose. Uh, he's done the procedure about 200 times. It's the first time it's ever happened. Why? Because the JL jinx, of course. So um, I hope the audio quality on this is good. I'm holding the phone very close to my face. So I hope this doesn't, I can't really check the audio until I'm done. Um, but he then says he apologizes and he says, the good news is I can, I can repair this right away. Um, as soon as tomorrow. And I go, I call the righteous girlfriend and consult her. And she says, get it done now. And of course me being the comedy martyr that I am, I go, but there's 18 people so far who've bought tickets to see me in Pittsburgh. That's not an exaggeration or it is a joke, but it's also a completely factually accurate ticket count as of last Wednesday, last Thursday, 18 people. And I said, there's 18 people who are expecting me to show up in Pittsburgh uh, to travel eight hours on the train um, to then uh, perform for an hour. Um, I'm afraid that if I have this surgery on Friday, I won't be recovered in time for Pittsburgh. But she says, but you got to get done. I go, okay. And my doctor says to me, I think this really harsh, sharp pain you're experiencing really will be gone within five days once we repair what, what happened. And so I go, okay. Well, thank God I agreed to do it Friday because Thursday night at home was torture. It was absolutely fucking brutal. And I get told Thursday night, okay, what's my surgery time? 3.30 p.m. And I say, um, I'm sorry, it sounded like you said 3.30 p.m. because that would mean I have to stop drinking and eating at uh, midnight. And that's a long time. And they go, yep. And I go, cool. So all Friday I sit resting. Um, I watch and read a little bit. And then, um, I take the last shower of possibly my life, um, really scrub hard knowing that I'm going to be a filthy mess uh, over the next several days. I take a lift. My first lift canceled on me. I thought that was a bad, bad sign. My, my lift canceled and I saw her. She was in front of my building and I walk out of my building and she just pulled away and I tried to wave her down. I was like, um, I think what happened was she saw that I was going into the city and they don't reveal destination until the person arrives. And I guess she was just like, I'll take the hit from Lyft because I don't want to drive this person to the city or I just don't like this guy. Um, so I get my ride into the city. The shoulder's killing me as the car bumps every so often. The shoulder's just absolutely killing me. I see a woman. Now, I made a joke on social media that I saw a woman taking a shit. I don't know that she was taking a shit. She, you know, when a woman squats, much like, much like my cookie bear, who's a lady, when you squat, you know, cookie at least gives you the sign. When her back is flat, she's peeing. When it's arched, she's shitting. But when a human woman... Um, is has her pants down around her ankles on um, New York City street in broad daylight in the middle of the day as you're being driven by a lift to uh, Mount Sinai. Um, you can't quite tell if she's pissing or shitting in a brief glimpse. So for humor purposes, I took some creative license and wrote on social media that, that I saw a woman shitting because um, I thought that would be funnier. Um, well, then I arrive at the hospital and... Let me tell you something, whether you're Asian, black, white, Haitian, nobody got my name right. 
a guy comes out of like the bursar's office or whatever, the, the, the forms and payment guy, and he goes, are you Gene Louis? And I go, yeah. He goes, there's no hyphen? I go, there is a hyphen. He goes, oh, so you're French. I go, well, my father was Haitian. And he says, I'm Haitian. And in my head, I was like, then how fucking dare you mispronounce my name? What in the name of Toussaint Louverture are you fucking doing, frere? <laughs> this motherfucker is, hey, I've never had, so now I can't even get mad at all the Dominican women who go, oh, Jean Louis? And I go, it's a Jean-Louis. And they go, oh, you fancy, okay. Now I got Haitian brothers calling me Jean Louis. What in the fuck, dude? So I give up. I give up. I officially, I, on, on January, what the fuck day was my surgery? January 13th. How about that? Not afraid of having surgery on Friday the 13th to see whose jinx is bigger, JL or Friday the 13th. Um, and I don't know. It was just so disappointing. But that was the day my name died. Friday the 13th, 2023. A Haitian man mispronounced my name. And I'm talking Haitian with an accent, not like my grandfather was from Haiti. This dude was like within 10 years from Port-au-Prince University, okay? So then I head in and we go through all the things. And unlike the other hospital, they were like, yeah, take off all your clothes, including your underwear. And I was like, for shoulder surgery? <laughs> and boy, it is, it is... The dra like, for, for the other surgery place, they were like, you can leave your underwear on, you take your fucking, like, put a gown on, you just leave the, the hospital socks and your, your undies on. And this one, the, the, they were very insistent on taking my underwear off. I was like, okay, I'm feeling like I'm being groomed or, or something here, but okay. Boy, is that hospital draft something. You really don't feel the hospital draft until you're terrified with your balls and dick hanging out and you're going to have your shoulder cut open for the second time in three weeks. I was just like, boy, am I terrified or is it just freezing in here? Oh, it's both. Okay. So, <laughs> so I head into surgery and my doctor's there and I got like a team of nurses and, uh, the anesthesiologist is this older, uh, Indian man. And, um, he was kind of rough. He had to put the nerve blocker in and I'm pretty sure the nerve blocker went in after I passed out in my first shoulder surgery. So this one, I got to experience him pumping me full of nerve blocker, just rough as fuck. So, you know, like my last thoughts on earth were like, uh, this, this Indian guy's beating the shit out of me. What is this? RRR? I only watched a half hour of that weird movie, but I figured maybe that's a funny reference because there's a lot of fights in the beginning of our anyway, guys. Um, when I wake up, they didn't rush me out of the hospital, thankfully. But when I wake up, um, I was, uh, you know, in recovery and, and going on 17 hours without food or drink. So I had a Dixie cup of water and a graham cracker. So that satiated. The righteous girlfriend was at the hospital, picked me up. And now I'm just in the terror, the terror mode because what they did was he wrapped up my, because it's like going in through the armpit, they, they wrapped me up extremely tight, bandage-wise. So tight that I was, like yesterday, I was like, 
Well, the nerve blocker is worn off. That's about a 10 hour, that lasts about 10 hours. But my index and thumb are still tingly and numb. Oh, that rhymes. How about that? And my arm feels like circulation is being cut off. It's very swollen. Well, because they wrapped it so tight, which doesn't instill a ton of confidence when you're like, I had to call my doctor and be like, can I loosen this bandage? And it helped immensely once I did, because it was literally like creating a, an, an, an unnecessary source of pain in my arm. Now I just have tremendous shoulder pain again, which is, you know, like I said, I am 30 fucking like 39 hours post-surgery. So that's to be expected. Um, but I am, uh, I, am, I am starting to, and I, I know this will sound superstitious to all of you, and that's okay. That's what you, come, you come to JL for pessimism, comedic genius, and faith-based occult thinking. But when we talk about the JL jinx, we talk, we, the JL jinx always existed in sort of a nebulous region. Like, oh, it's kind of like vibes, bad vibes. But, but I think it became more concrete. See, see I'm... Most entertainers, I think, make deals with the devil. I make deals with the Lord. And when I said to the Lord on October 23rd, 2021, if this special fucks up, then I'll take that as a sign to quit comedy. And ever since then, I'm, I'm sitting here wondering like, well, you know, I only have a few more shows on my calendar till the, till the taping March 31st and April 1st in New York. Uh, by the way, 230 tickets available between the two shows. Two tickets sold. Um, so that's, we're, we're on pace. And unfortunately, I can't cancel the first show because, uh, not sure if you're aware of this, but the last time I did one take only, I did it twice, and the camera guy fucked up twice. Um, so yeah, we'll get to some special news in, in a second. But the point is, um, I don't care if I'm performing for 30 people on Friday. We will use that as B-roll footage if necessary, if the Saturday show sells well. But I've learned my lesson. We will not cancel uh, any shows. Uh, so, But get your tickets, guys. Oh, is this a good segue? Great. I'm in Pittsburgh Thursday. Don't know if you were paying attention earlier in the show, but ticket sales not so robust right now. Um, and then I am in Newark, New Jersey, Chicago, Illinois. Montclair, New Jersey, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Princeton, New Jersey, and then the special taping. And then I got to take the Righteous GF on a vacation and really contemplate um, just the future of my... Like, I, I don't know... Um, the Lord is visiting so many biblical plagues on me ever since I said I would quit comedy and then didn't. Um, once he delivered as clear and righteous a signal, like this wasn't a burning bush. This is, I mean, this, this would make a funny, funny sort of movie, like the bib, like my comedy career as book of the Bible, but this wasn't an ambiguous symbol. This was Lord, if the camera, I literally said, if the camera fucks up, I didn't say if a heckler throws a bottle at me or if I, uh, barf on stage, I said, if, a, if, if a camera fucks up, then I'll take that as a sign from you. Now, I didn't find out till two and a half months later, but um, you rarely get prayers answered so clearly. You know, God has become very cryptic in his answering of prayers. There's usually a lot of uh, divination and interpretation involved. But for me, and this is why I'm hashtag blessed, when the, when the Lord wants me to quit my comedy career, he makes it very clear. 
He says, what's that jail? You want a camera fuck up to be your symbol? Well, don't worry. I'm not going to fuck up the sound. I'm not going to fuck up the lighting. I will do exactly what you want, my most favored comedian son. One camera fuck up coming. And now God is like, this, is a, this guy goes to church. He tithes. He prays. He tries to live a, a good life. And I tell him exactly what he wants to hear, which I don't do really ever anymore. And he's still doing comedy? Okay. Shoulder surgery? Oh, what's that? You think you can make your gig in Pittsburgh? Well, let's see how shoulder surgery part two goes, you bitch. So now I sit here on a couch with the New York Times in my lap and a flannel shirt that stinks to high heaven, wondering what the hell am I doing? But the shoulder is finally, I think, on the mend. Um, I pray, I hope. Um, it doesn't feel great, but like I said, we're only on really day two of recovery. I've already downgraded from two oxy doses to one, so that's a good sign. And um, you know, I don't know what else. I don't know what else to do. Uh, tomorrow is Dr. King's birthday, so I'm gonna um, do nothing. Really, let's be honest. It's not a day of service for me. It's a day of 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 healing. Okay, and. I got to leave on Wednesday for Pittsburgh. So I got to make a decision on Tuesday. Um, I want to go. I want the money. I don't want, I want to honor the gig. I gigs are important to me right now because I have another taping. So if I am in any shape to go to Pittsburgh, I'm going to Pittsburgh, but I have to make a realistic decision that I can't take eight hours on a train. Um, if I'm going to be in, in anything above like mild pain. So let's hope for the best there. Um, and if you are a Pittsburgh listener, please get your tickets. You will be, you know, obviously if I can't make it there, there's obviously going to be a refund. It will also probably be the last time I work in improv because my ticket sales have been garbage at the gig, the bookings they've given me. So you know, it's another one of those things. Not, I'm not even lamenting this, but it's like, you know, as, as I see the writing on the wall, I go, you know, whether this is fate, God, or bad luck, you know, it's one way or the other, I think my career is coming to an end, whether I'm, I pull the trigger or whether, whether the industry continues to pull away because I don't have an agent or in a much more concrete way, I don't sell tickets. Um, very frustrating, but that's, that's life. And, um, you know, we'll see. So that's that. That's your surgical update sponsored by OxyContin. When you need to make content, try OxyContin. No, I'm not using OxyContin. Oxycodone. Um, I, I wish I had OxyContin. Maybe I could become part of a lawsuit at least. That's a way to make some money. So I said Sophie's Choice. One of the things I watched recently was Sophie's Choice. It's on Showtime and... Uh, it's one of those movies I'd never seen, and I said, ah, let's give it a try. Very impressive movie for, for like early 80s. Meryl Streep at the top of her game. Um, and it's one of those movies I kind of knew what it was. I knew how it, like what the big thing was because, you know, you, the Sophie's Choice is almost like a, a cliched phrase at this point. So I was familiar with what Sophie's Choice referred to. But it's a pretty dark and brutal movie. And it has a slow burn. But the thing I like about it is it's a movie with slow burn that pays off emotionally. 
Um, but yeah, Meryl Streep speaks German for like a third of the movie. She's, she's great in the movie. Kevin Klein is real good in the movie, but it also became hard because the third star of the movie is, um, oh, what's his name? Peter McIntosh? Is it Peter McIntosh? I'm sorry that I'm forgetting right now, but I just know him as Janos Poha from Ghostbusters 2. No, I don't think, I don't know if, and he's been in a lot of things. He's been in, more recently, he was on several seasons of Veep. Um, but it's like if you were the co-star of Sophie's Choice, like a Best Picture nominee, I think Meryl Streep won Best Actress for it, she better have, um, sort of a, just a, an, a, an impressive, iconic sort of Holocaust era movie, and I'm looking at you going, where in the hell are you from, Johnny? Upper West Side? Uh, it's, it kills the vibe where I'm looking at you thinking you're Janos Poha from Ghostbusters 2. You're not this Southern writer in love with Meryl Streep's character. You are the, you are Vigo the Carpathian's bitch. And so that's always when you see people's movie careers out of order, it can make it kind of funny. Cause to me, when he has an obituary, it will, my guess, he's probably been on some popular show. But, but my guess is Sophie's Choice will be among the biggest things he's been in. Understand, it's a, it's a huge movie, and he had a huge role in a huge movie. But to people of my age, Janos Poha, Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> um, so I'm watching that. Um, and what else? Uh, I had another thought of that movie. But anyway, very dark movie. Um, I did find it, spoiler, you're getting a Sophie's Choice spoiler right now. I did find it interesting that Janos was in love with Meryl Streep's character and fucks her right after he finds out that she gave away one of her kids to a Nazi guard because she was made to make a choice, Sophie's Choice, um, which child, either she would lose both and she just screamed, take my baby. And the baby screamed, and it was a very, very... I mean, if you saw that movie in the theater, not knowing anything about it, like, what a tour de force and emotional gut punch that fucking movie is. But basically, I'm going to spoil it right now, even more so. So if you want to see Sophie's Choice, otherwise it's just a fun discussion for people who've seen it. Basically, she's like, you think I am a great mother? I give away my baby. That's what I am. And then they fuck. And I was like, Wow. You've got to be really in love with a woman or really disgusting to just be like, I know you just told me the story about how you had to give away one of your babies to a, a Nazi guard who then incinerated her, but I am hard as fuck right now. Let's make love. And then they do. And then she leaves the next day. She leaves him a Dear Janos letter, and um, she's going back to her paranoid schizophrenic boyfriend played by Kevin Klein. Really good performance by Kevin Klein, um, and Kevin Klein had, an, had a real strong '80s, like a lot of versatility in his '80s. Like he won an Oscar for a comedy, I think, A Fish Called Wanda, but he was in like biopics and and dramas and comedies, like Cry Freedom and 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 The Big Chill and Sophie's Choice and A Fish Called Wanda, like like real real range. Um, he was a real he was a real beast back then, but um, he. Uh, she goes back to him, even though he had just threatened the lot, their lives like a couple days earlier. And then the movie ends with Sophie, uh, you know, and Kevin Klein in bed because he just murder-suicided them. Now, my thinking without 
reading any blogs or think pieces on Sophie's Choice, my thinking was that she was still so riddled with guilt that she actually went back to him feeling like that's what she deserved, like she deserved to be in this like tumultuous relationship because she was so guilt-ridden, like I think secretly maybe she wanted to be killed. But, yeah, but that's my guess because, it, you know, with somebody harboring that level of guilt and then going back to somebody who had literally just threatened you with a gun like a week earlier seems seems sort of intentional. But, um, yeah, that was so I, I, as always, I was still thinking of some jokes while watching the emotionally traumatic and quite good Sophie's Choice. Uh, I'm almost done with season two of C on Apple TV, so that should be done well before the end of the month. Uh, I finished Bono's book. I don't know if I'll be able to get to George Michael's book before um, I have to do a book review for Patreon. Oh, by the way, I have a Patreon, guys, patreon.com slash jlcovan. Um, and I tried to adjust the prices for the tiers because I don't think I'm worth anything at this point as a comedian, but I was going to lower the prices to like, uh, was I going to do five and three dollars? Just a, just a discount for everybody sticking with until I can get back to making sketches. I figured that's that's a nice thing to do for my 103 most dedicated fans or however many it is. Um, but they wouldn't have let me adjust. It seems weird that they wouldn't have let me. They wouldn't let me adjust tier levels down. I get it that you don't want to adjust up because people haven't signed on to pay more. But if I'm trying to give a discount to people, it seems weird that they wouldn't let me down, like down price everything. Because like, is there somebody who'd be like, um, I agreed to pay $7. I did not agree to get a discount and pay five. Canceling. Shame on you, Patreon. So uh, yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Um, so there it is, your shoulder update, your your can-can reviews. Um, yeah, uh, the special. So we're having a discussion this week um, about uh, just moving forward. The uh, contracts are not ready yet. Uh, I was told they'd be ready Monday, and it's now Sunday, which if you're doing the math is a full week late, and I still don't have a contract, a revised contract that I requested. So uh, it's moving along smoothly. Uh, we are now, I believe, uh, at 450 days since the first taping and around 250 days since the second taping. Um, so it's, you know, I, I can't even, it's, it's, it's almost like I think it'd be funnier if I didn't have a special at this point in, in, in terms of what it like 450 days, like, 450 days, and by the way, 450 days and counting. So we, we can basically say we're looking at a 500-day project here. A movie gets greenlit, cast, shot, edited, promoted, and released in theater and then on demand in that amount of fucking time. Mine is a stand-up special. Two-camera shoot because the third camera, the main camera, fucked up both shoots. Um, so you just think it's, 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 I don't know. It's, it's comical, but it's almost to me, it's almost like not even funny anymore. Not even in a morbid way. It's like, it's like what seriously is going like, what, what in the God's, what in God's name is this? Um, so hopefully I have an update for you soon. I, I, you know, 
All jokes aside, I really thought my special would have been ready before this slate of gigs so that I could be on podcasts and print media and things like that, you know, to boost sales of, of national shows. But as it turns out, I mean, there's a real good chance that almost all of these shows will have passed before my special is out. Even if I get a great publicist to really do good work on this, they'll be promoting it for what? And people will be looking for like, oh, where's he performing? And they'll be like, uh, he has three shows on his calendar. So he's obviously not that good. Um, you know, it's, it's, whew, it, it, it seems to never get old. What a catastrophe this, this project has been. Um, and my shoulder, you know, my shoulder hopefully heals quicker than this special took. But that's the only update I have is that we're talking this week, I guess, about strategy and final cut with credits and signing all the appropriate contracts and paperwork. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I always threaten to quit. I like, but this is people. I just don't think people get when I say like, this isn't really about like quitting comedy to prove a point. It's like, it is an insanely unhappy existence I have within comedy. Like at time, at times I think I have friends who think I've like because I had some success, they sort of project that I've gone big time. Like, if you listen to my show and look at my ticket sales and, and listen to what I say, um, I'm not sure there's anybody more self-deprecating in this entire business. Um, but I feel like it was the worst of both worlds. I, I remember having a friend ask me like, oh, I didn't think you'd want to still do my show. And I'm like, what, what, like, so there's this presumption by some that I've elevated and then this presumption by others that I'll never make it. So it's like a really bad bad scenario of, 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 from both sides, but it's just the pressure. If you listen to this, it's like the pressure of, you don't get to enjoy gigs that long because it's really just like up until a gig, I'm just panicking about ticket sales because I don't have an agent or anything. So there's no infrastructure backing me up. So it's like the only way I'll get booked on another gig is if I sell well. That's it. My entire career depends on ticket sales, period. It, I can no longer rely on social media. I can't even rely on fans that I've accumulated because they don't buy stuff and go to shows and things. And so the only hope I have is that I sell tickets and then those venues will have me back. So up until showtime, I'm just like, please let the ticket sales be all right. please. And then I have like an like a half hour to like get ready to, per to perform. And if the show goes well, I feel good. And then I get paid and I go, okay, ticket sales were mediocre. Maybe they'll have me back. And that's it. Like everything else is why isn't my special ready? Why don't my fans buy my stuff? Why can't I get booked here? Why didn't anything happen? So it's, it's like, it's, you know, and then you're constantly reminded of like, oh, and I can't quit my day job because for good reason. I, I, I mean, the smartest thing, it was incredibly stressful, but the smartest thing I did was not quit my day job because I just had such a foreboding feeling and such a skepticism of my career working out, even when I was at the peak of my powers. But even I've been, to be honest, even I've been disappointed, even from where I thought things could be. And then you throw in things like the special, um, it's, it's horrible. It's like, it's a horrible career. 
Um, doing, you know, they're just, there's, there's no upside to this anymore. So hopefully I sell tickets. Hopefully my shoulder gets better. Um, I hope people can get tickets to the, to the special taping in, uh, March 31st and April 1st. And then, oh, and I, I still can't get answers two months later. I'm, I'm two months in now and I can't get answers from anybody on my albums, uh, disappearing. So I don't, to people who are skeptical of me, I don't think you can appreciate, I don't think you really appreciate maybe the idea of, okay, so I had a huge 2020 that led to nothing. I appeared, I had a role on the show Billions that led to nothing. I recorded a special twice that still isn't out and now is really not going to be particularly relevant other than just it being very funny. It's not going to be very relevant. It's going to be very hard to spin as kind of a timely or important or funny or hilarious special of the moment. Okay. And all my work is still off the internet. My life's work is still, I, I can't even get back to where I was in 2019. I'm actually like behind where I was in 2019 because people can't access my pre-existing work. So at that point, I'm just like, I don't like, this isn't about love of comedy. This is about like love of like sanity and, and, and love of like my time and how this is just not good. Like it's, 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 I don't think my career should have failed. I, I, I have a high opinion of my own work and my work is out there for people to see and listen. Well, no, it used to be. But so what? At some point, you just go, so what? So what if you're really good? Or so what if you think you're good? Or so what if you've really worked hard? Sometimes things don't happen. And sometimes clowns make it big. And sometimes some, some good talent falls through the cracks. And I think I just have to accept my fate at this point. So I hope I can make it to Pittsburgh. But like I said, all ticket links except for DC and Princeton are on my website now. Um, but yeah, a lot of good shows. I hope you can make it. Um, like I said, if I'm doing a show, I'm doing a show. I don't, I'm, I, I really don't want to half-ass anything. I want to deliver, you know, make it worth everybody's time, including my own. But, oof, April 1st, freedom. It feels like, like freedom. Because um, really what I'm looking for now is a miracle out of uh, half blackface. And come on. We know it's not going to happen. So, and I know it's just going to be another indignity when I, when it goes on for sale or something. And I'm like, okay, please let my fans buy this. They won't. <laughs> it's just, it's like a weird, it's like a weird self-own, but I'm like, but they won't. So I, you know, my only hope was that a publicist could reach other people who aren't my fans, but who are stand-up comedy fans to then become my fans because my current fan base, you know, to quote Ice Cube, they either don't know, don't show, or don't give a shit about what's going on in JL's comedy career. <laughs> um, so that's that. So now I have more important things to do, which is make sure my shoulder gets healed and hopefully I can make it to Pittsburgh. And, um, I listed all the other shows, but yeah, just go to jlcomedy.com calendar page, uh, get your tickets now. I always say this and nobody listens, so it's okay. I get it. I'm, I'm like weird, but obviously if you know, you can make one of those shows, uh, 
you know, the sooner show, the sooner tickets sell, you know, for some shows, they consider adding second night, a second option. You know, if hey, we sold, we already sold like 80% of the tickets, like three weeks out, we'll add a second show. But if just if you know, you're going to be in one of those cities, and I'll re- reiterate, what is it? It's Newark, after Pittsburgh, which is this week. It's Newark, Chicago, big venue in Chicago. So please, uh, if you're a Chicago listener, tell you get tickets for you and 20 of your friends. Um, Montclair, New Jersey, Boston, Massachusetts. I forgot Boston. Boston, Massachusetts, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Montclair, uh, sorry, Princeton, New Jersey, and then New York. So hopefully you can come to, to at least one of those shows. Uh, get your tickets now if you can. If, you're, if you know that you're going to be free or you want to make, make a point of coming to one of those shows, just book it now. And I think that's it. So I'm almost due for another Oxy, which is uh, wonderful. And Cookie, for everybody who's wondering, Cookie is, um, she's been very useless for me because she's been kind of annoying with me, not moving and stuff, but she is healing. You know, she is, uh, her paws, she's not really eating at her paw anymore. So I think it's finally crossed over into like the going to be permanently healed soon, which is great. Um, so at least one of us will be will be fully healed by uh, by February, <laughs> and I guess that's it. So this is a, a rare a rare couch episode. How about that, guys? Um, some Sophie's. You know it's you know a guy's a depressing podcaster when Sophie's Choice is the lion's share of the comedic content on an episode. But so be it. That's you guys know what to expect at this point. So thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Uh, I'm almost at 200 ratings. Would love to to cross that threshold. And, um, you know, I guess I'll just hope to get my albums information on my missing albums soon. And my missing special hopefully will be out one day. So thank you. And I will see you next Tuesday. Unlocking the phone so that I can stop it.